From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. Because of the work of Buckeye Firearms Association, constitutional carry is finally on the move in Ohio. But opponent Chicken Littles swarmed a recent hearing to declare that the sky is falling. According to them, carrying without a license will cause mayhem and destruction. The end of the world is nigh. But of course it's not. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm going to do something a little different in this podcast. Usually, I'm joined by gun rights supporters, but this time, I'm going to let you listen to some gun rights opponents, specifically from some of the people who showed up to oppose constitutional carry at a House hearing on October 14th, 2021. Why? Because it's important to understand your political enemy. It's important to know what the other guys are saying so you'll know exactly where they're going off the rails. So I'm going to play some excerpts of their addled testimony, then I'll show why they're wrong. So let's dive right in. First up, let's listen to a witness from the Ohio Domestic Violence Network, who tries to argue that constitutional carry will increase domestic violence. The Ohio Domestic Violence Network has been gathering data and reporting on domestic violence-related fatalities in Ohio for the past six years. In the most recent reporting period, at least 86% of the domestic violence fatalities in Ohio were perpetrated with a gun. A total of 121 people in those fatal incidents were killed or injured with a firearm. Even the courts have recognized the heightened danger that domestic violence offenders pose to their victims when they have access to firearms. In discussing the domestic violence re- recidivism rate, estimated between, to be between 40 to 80 percent, the federal Sixth Circuit Court stated, no matter how you slice these numbers, people convicted of domestic violence remain dangerous to their spouses and partners. Essential here is that the victim is more likely to be killed when a gun is present. Since ODVN began reporting, 10 law enforcement officers have also been killed at the scene of domestic violence fatalities. The Federal Sixth Circuit Court again acknowledged that responding to family violence calls is among a police officer's most risky duties. The FBI reported that in 2016, approximately 10% of non-accidental law enforcement officer fatalities in the line of duty occurred while officers were responding to domestic disturbance calls. In Ohio's most recent reporting year, 15 children were killed in fatal domestic violence incidents in Ohio. That is the highest rate of child fatalities since our reporting began. Most of those children were killed with firearms. Children were also present at the scene of a fatal incident about 20 to 25% of the time over the past six years. Domestic violence misdemeanor convictions and domestic violence protection order related firearms disqualification combined are the second highest reason for a federal firearms background check denial. In Ohio, 
domestic violence misdemeanors and domestic violence protection order respondents can be misled by court paperwork about the legality of owning or possessing firearms. There is no such ambiguity under federal law, however. Possession of a firearm with a domestic violence misdemeanor conviction or a qualifying protection order is unlawful. Removing a permitting process or another background check process also removes an important safeguard for these gun owners to avoid federal or state prosecution for unlawful firearms possession. House Bill 227, however, would remove the requirement to apply for a concealed carry permit in order to do so legally in the state. Due to the complicated nature of the interaction that we have between federal and state firearm prohibitions in our state, and the lack of firearm surrender protocols related to domestic violence offenders specifically, many domestic violence offenders maintain possession of their firearms. This reality, combined with the removal of a permitting process, would result in decreased safety for domestic violence survivors and increased confusion for firearm owners. Just this past fatality reporting period, at least 13 cases involved a perpetrator who likely had a firearms disability who still used a firearm in the commission of that fatality. At least a half a dozen cases involved a perpetrator who had been charged with a domestic violence-related offense and was awaiting trial on those charges. Those cases and the lives lost are a very recent Ohio-specific reminder of just how dangerous it can be for offenders with firearm prohibitions to maintain possession of those firearms. House Bill 227 would make it even less likely that there would be any background check or surrender of firearms used to take the lives of domestic violence victims in Ohio every year. Okay, what does any of this have to do with constitutional carry? Constitutional carry is about carrying a firearm without a license. It doesn't eliminate the requirement to go through a background check when you purchase a firearm. It doesn't change the fact that some people possess guns illegally. It doesn't change the fact that some people will misuse firearms. During questioning, the witness admitted that the majority of domestic violence criminals possess guns illegally anyway. So if they're not obeying the law now, what would constitutional carry change about that? Why would they get a concealed handgun license and subject themselves to a background check? The entire argument is illogical. A license to carry won't make criminal offenders more law-abiding. And eliminating the license won't make them less law-abiding. Because a carry license has nothing to do with the crimes the witness is talking about. Can you connect the dots in this argument? I can't. But this is par for the course for those who just dislike guns. Next up, a witness from Bloomberg's anti-gun group, Moms Demand Action. Hold on to your skivvies, because this one's a doozy. We are here today to again oppose a dangerous permitless carry bill, which would jeopardize public safety in Ohio. Ohioans support the current permit system and overwhelmingly oppose making it legal to carry a hidden, loaded handgun in public without a permit or safety training. Under this bill, a person could buy a gun, which in Ohio does not require a criminal background check if not buying from a federally licensed dealer, and then without any further vetting or any safety training, 
immediately carry that loaded gun down the street around our children and our families. At the same time, law enforcement would lose a critical tool for stopping people with dangerous histories from carrying concealed guns in public. And that is why law enforcement officers have opposed attempts to pass permitless carry here in Ohio and across the country. We agree with them when they say that this would interfere with their ability to enforce the law and keep people with dangerous histories from carrying guns in public. There is no legitimate public safety reason for dismantling our current permit system. Supporters of this legislation falsely claim that it will reduce crime and that in the few states that have moved to a permitless carry system, it hasn't become the Wild West. But facts matter. And we know that states that have enacted permitless carry laws have seen substantial increases in firearm-related crimes. For example, since 2003, when Alaska became the first state to enact permitless carry legislation, the rate of aggravated assaults committed with a firearm in that state has increased by 92% in 2020. Since Arizona enacted permitless carry legislation in 2010, the rate of aggravated assaults committed with a firearm in that state has increased by 52% in 2019. That increase represents 1,776 more gun-related aggravated assaults committed in 2019 than in 2010. According to a report from the National Bureau of Economic Research, the most frequent occurrence involving crime and a good guy with a gun is not self-defense, but rather the theft of the good guy's gun which occurs hundreds of thousands of times each year. As Michael Rallings, the top law enforcement official in Memphis, Tennessee, noted in commenting on the problem of guns being stolen from cars, quote, laws have unintended consequences. We cannot ignore that as a legislature passes laws that make guns more accessible to criminals, that has a direct effect on our violent crime rate. And in fact, Data shows that states that have passed permitless carry legislation are experiencing a substantial increase in gun violence with an 11% increase in handgun homicide rates and a 13 to 15% increase in violent crime rates. Thus, we know that House Bill 227 would increase, not to decrease, the number of firearms-related crimes in Ohio, making Ohioans less safe. This bill is dangerous for Ohio. Moms Demand Action supports the ability of law-abiding citizens to carry concealed handguns in public, but we believe they should undergo a background check, get a permit, and undergo training to do so. It's a simple system that keeps us all safe. We urge you to vote against this bill. Thank you, and I'll answer any questions you have. Wow. That was like listening to a golden oldie radio station. We heard all the classics. It will jeopardize public safety and interfere with law enforcement protecting the public. There's no legitimate public safety reason to eliminate the license. Crime increases with constitutional carry. And did you hear the claim about Moms Demand Action supporting concealed carry as long as it's with a license? Seriously? Moms Demand Action supports concealed carry. And how many of those Bloomberg moms are carrying a firearm. They wouldn't know the difference between a Glock and a bowl of guacamole. Give me a break. We've been hearing the same claims for years about public safety with every gun bill we've ever supported. Blood in the streets, OK Corral, dogs and cats living together. There is no statistical proof of any kind 
that shows the liberalization of gun laws increases crime. In fact, at this same hearing, we cited a 30-year study released by the American College of Surgeons. The college looked at whether there was any link between increases in violent crimes involving guns and the liberalization of gun laws. They compiled FBI and other law enforcement data from every state. What they found is what we've been saying for decades. Law-abiding gun owners who simply want to exercise their constitutional rights are not the problem. Here's a quote from the study. This study demonstrated no statistically significant association between the liberalization of state-level firearm carry legislation over the last 30 years and the rates of homicides or other violent crime. The authors went on to say, policy efforts aimed at injury prevention and the reduction of firearm-related violence should likely investigate other targets for potential intervention. In other words, if you really want to reduce violent crime, stop wasting time with gun control laws. As for police officers opposed to citizens carrying guns, that's just a lie. Police union officials routinely oppose good gun laws, but rank-and-file police overwhelmingly support citizens owning and carrying guns. And finally, the claim that there's no legitimate public safety reason to eliminate the license, well, of course there is. Personal protection. The police will never be there. When you need to defend yourself, they'll show up later. Okay, that was so fun. Let's do an encore with another witness from Moms who sums up their argument very simply. I've lived in Columbus for 10 years, and I'm writing this testimony as a very concerned citizen and a supporter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America, which is, as Laura said, a grassroots movement of mothers and others fighting for public safety measures that respect the Second Amendment while protecting us from gun violence. As a volunteer with the organization, I have seen firsthand the impact of gun violence, the gun violence epidemic on communities here in Columbus. HB 227 would gut the license requirements in our state and would allow people with dangerous histories and those without training to carry loaded handguns in our streets. That's it. No need to listen to any more because that's their whole argument. In fact, that's the argument for pretty much every opponent of constitutional carry. If you don't have a license, people with a dangerous history will carry guns in the streets. Ball Oni. If someone has a dangerous history, meaning someone with a violent past, with a criminal record, if they want to carry a gun, they're going to do it no matter what. They're not likely to get a background check or try to buy a gun legally, and they certainly won't apply for a carry license because it includes a background check. A license does not change human behavior. I'm going to repeat that. A license does not change human behavior. Human behavior tends to be highly consistent over time. Those who carry legally now with a license will continue to carry legally with or without a license. There is no reason to believe the lack of a license will change a person's behavior. Those who do not carry now with a license 
but choose to start carrying after a license is no longer mandated are of no concern. If they're not carrying now without a license because it's illegal and they're waiting for it to become legal before they carry, they are obviously law-abiding. And those who carry illegally now are those willing to commit a crime. These are criminals. And criminals will disobey the law with or without a license. Constitutional carry won't change human behavior. Period. Now let's listen to a Yale-educated attorney who becomes almost apoplectic over constitutional carry and makes all manner of ridiculous claims. You might want to chew a few tums before you listen to this because it might turn your stomach. By eliminating the requirement for a concealed carry license, House Bill 227 would effectively make it impossible for police and others to enforce the law. The Ohio Prosecuting Attorneys Association explained that without a concealed carry permit requirement, a law enforcement officer would have no way of determining whether that person was carrying a concealed weapon legally or illegally. Turning to the businesses, how would businesses be able to determine if they want to let in the person carrying a concealed weapon? Because you won't be able to tell if he or she has a license. Three, House Bill 227 would shackle police shackle police by preventing them from stopping suspicious individuals for carrying a gun, no matter how temporary in duration the stop was. Disregarding the U.S. Supreme Court decision in Terry versus Ohio upholding such stops, the Ohio Prosecuting Attorneys Association said such provision would place the safety of law enforcement at greater risk. The Toledo Police Patrolmen's Association said with a passage of this bill, a person could have a carload of AK-47s and AR-15s, and the officer initiating a traffic stop would not be able to question what they were looking at. House Bill 227 is even more extreme, more anti-police version of permitless carry than the Texas version, since Texas recently rejected an amendment limiting how the police could stop and carry and question people carrying a gun. More extreme than Texas. Four, House Bill 227 would also endanger Ohioans because it would permit Ohioans to carry concealed weapons throughout Ohio without any training in the use of firearms or any background check. Representative Sykes asked about law enforcement position. Let me quote what they've said. Quote, we don't let our 16-year-old children behind a wheel without a minimum amount of training involved, so why would we allow someone to carry a gun without the same due diligence. There must be a minimum training requirement for someone with the awesome right of carrying a weapon that can deprive another person of their life. We believe training and background checks have been an important part of the concealed handgun license process and ask that they remain in place. Allowing an untrained person with no background checks to carry a deadly weapon is asking for tragedy to occur, whether by accident or by bad decision. And I give you the sites that you can go on the web to find the actual testimony. Five, there, quote, is no constitutional right to, carry, to bear concealed weapons, unquote, as Representative Sweeney pointed out. The Ohio Supreme Court has expressly held that. It is valid current law. No constitutional right to carry a concealed weapon. Government, in fact, has been lawfully regulating the carrying of concealed weapons to protect the lives of its citizens for hundreds of years. Holy cow. Where to even begin? 
This guy claims that with constitutional carry, it would be impossible for police to enforce the law. There's no way for police to determine if a person is carrying a gun legally or illegally. And it would shackle police and prevent them from stopping a suspicious person with a firearm. Well, all of that is false. Police in 21 other states with constitutional carry have no problems enforcing the law. You don't need a carry license to determine if a person is carrying legally. Because if that person is not disqualified from owning a gun and they're carrying, what's the problem? And any police officer can get on their computer and look up a person's criminal record. Again, what's the problem? And the idea that police wouldn't be able to stop a suspicious person is wrong. If this is a lawyer, he's a crappy lawyer because all an officer needs is reasonable cause to stop a person, whether they're carrying or not. What is this guy talking about? He also fires off some real head scratchers, like how can a business know whether to admit someone if they don't know whether they have a license? What? How could a business owner know whether you have a license or if you're carrying concealed anyway? What business is carding people at the door? This witness is just blathering. But the most egregious statement from this witness, and one that gets him really foaming at the mouth, is that there is no constitutional right to carry a gun. And he cites case law on that. Well, I hate to break it to him, but the law used to say women can't vote. But they obviously did have that right. It just wasn't law that had been passed yet. The right to carry a firearm is similar the right exists. It's right there in the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms. This area of law is admittedly underdeveloped and needs time to flesh itself out. There have only been two U.S. Supreme Court cases in recent history, and a third U.S. Supreme Court case is coming up on this very issue of carrying firearms. Okay, I could play a lot more of these clips there were about a hundred opponents giving or submitting testimony, and they're all saying pretty much the same things. So let's just cut to the chase. Opponents completely misunderstand constitutional carry. So let me set the record straight right now. Constitutional carry will not allow criminals to carry guns. Those who are currently prohibited from buying, owning, or possessing guns will continue to be prohibited. Nothing will change. Constitutional carry will not allow the misuse of a firearm. Current laws prohibiting the misuse of a firearm, like brandishing, discharging, threatening, or whatever, will continue to be in force. Constitutional carry will not allow guns in prohibited places. Areas that are currently off-limits for firearms, such as police stations, courthouses, posted private property, will continue to be off-limits. Constitutional carry will not change use of force laws. The standard for when use of lethal force is legal for defense of yourself or another is uniform throughout the United States. This standard will not change in any way with constitutional carry. Constitutional carry will not increase firearm crime or accidents. While firearm training is always encouraged, there is no direct correlation between government-mandated minimum training for licenses and firearm misuse or accidents. 
Constitutional carry without legal training will not foster illegal behavior. Everyone already knows that it's illegal and wrong to shoot people unless your life is in danger. The primary reason for legal training is to help gun owners avoid committing innocent status crimes in states that have an abundance of unnecessary and illogical firearm restrictions. When you remove all or most of these restrictions, you also remove the status crimes and remove the primary reason for gun owners to take classes to begin with. Constitutional carry will not make law enforcement more difficult or dangerous. A license does not separate good guys from bad guys. People are either law-abiding or they are not. It's a matter of personal character, not licensing. Constitutional carry will not eliminate the current licensing system. People who choose to carry a handgun will simply have the option to do so with or without a license. The current licensing process will remain in effect and unchanged for those who wish to carry in other states with reciprocity. Constitutional carry will not affect the rights of private property owners. Private property owners can choose whether and on what terms to allow firearms on their property. If they choose to prohibit firearms, they can post an appropriate and conspicuous sign. This is true today and will continue to be true even if licensing is no longer mandated. So here's the bottom line. It's time for constitutional carry. It's time in Ohio. It's time in all 50 states. There's no good argument against it, and no laws should stand in the way of law-abiding citizens exercising their right to keep and bear arms. It's a constitutional right, same as freedom of speech or the right to vote. And it's time to finally recognize that. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at BuckeyeFirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to JoinBFA.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's JoinBFA.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.